lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. Is this on? Good minute yesterday, didn't we, before it all went down? I know so. it wasn't very long. It was maybe three, four, five minutes at the most. Apologies for what happened yesterday. We we had the worst storms, and they came out of nowhere. Derecho, or is yeah, that what it I mean, is? I mean, there was like nothing in the forecast that, hey, you know, possibility of thunderstorms, some rain. And before we knew it, on your radar screen, on your phone, right at about the time we were lining up, out of nowhere, a band that was this thick on my phone screen of all red, okay? And it's north-south, so it's like encompassing the entire state as it moves across. And we had the worst storms, I mean, I've ever seen in Iowa that didn't have a tornado touchdown somewhere. I've never seen anything like it. We still have, in our state, over a quarter of a million people that don't have power. I mean, I've got, you know, my in-laws, who just live on the other side of town here, don't have any power. Driving home yesterday afternoon, when we left here, we still didn't have power. Driving home yesterday, it was like a scene from The Walking Dead, man. Like, I mean, the amount of carnage and stuff all over the roads, it was nuts. And just to show you how thrown off we are by missing one program because of inclement weather, I forgot to say my name is Steve Dace. <laughs> Aaron's here. Todd is here. What are your last names again? Erzin and McIntyre. McIntyre and Erzin, yes. Hello to all of you. All right, we apologize for what happened yesterday. And and I know this made news all over the country. I had people I know from all over the country texting me, hey, we saw this on the news. You guys okay? I mean, it was unreal what went down here yesterday. And Aaron, you and I apparently live in like the four city blocks of the entire metro that like didn't lose power or anything yeah it was it was crazy i went home and it was like everything was normal yeah and then like in two hours after we got back from home it was sunny skies i know blue we, skies amy and i decided to go out and grab a bite to eat have a family business meeting because school's getting started back up you know and so what do we got to pay for what's everything going to cost and you know what's the plan now and she's starting the internship to finish her other master's degree next or in a week or two so we decided hey let's go out and grab some pizza and a couple drinks and have like a business meeting i mean in right in the immediate neighborhood where we live it is like nothing happened there's a little bit you know tree limbs down here and there but from driving here to where i live yesterday it was unbelievable and from what i'm hearing from friends of mine that live east of here apparently this thing got stronger the further east that it went you know so um and that meant we didn't have time i mean this came out of nowhere we didn't have time we do have like evergreen shows that are you know meaning uh, things that are topical that are eternally topical that won't you know date we have those in the can in case of emergency aaron wakes up and he's sick and he can't come in because he makes sure we're on the air all this went down so fast yesterday we didn't have time to plug those in and everything else so our apologies here from the show the blaze you know what man uh what's the term force majeure right yeah we had a little bit of that yesterday and uh and and so uh coronavirus could not take us down uh on this show for the last few months but the worst storms and the worst power outage at least in 20 years in iowa 
uh, did. So we are back, though, in the saddle today. Thank you for all of your patience. We are eager to talk to all of you at 888-900-3393, 888-900-3393. Steve at stevedace.com. That's how you can email the program. You can like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show, uh, at Parlor at Steve Dace. YouTube.com slash Steve Dace is where you can go to get samples of this show, clips that are free for you and then to share with others, we hope. And the last name is D-E-A-C-E. Coming up on the program today, uh, next segment, we're going to get into this week's fake news or not. And I'm going to use that time to actually lay out some real news. We are finally starting to get stratified data from our CDC months after other nations have received this. And we're going to lay some of this out for you in fake news or not at the bottom of the hour. Next hour, we're going to spend the entire hour on on Pop Culture Tuesday. Because what is going on with whether there will be a college football season or not has, it, it touches on, first of all, what's going on in college football is a microcosm of what's happened in the country for the last six months. The same university presidents trying to make this call and pretend that they can do something without any risk are the same Karens in government who have tried this. And I, you know, I was just reliably informed in New Zealand. We kept asking team lockdown, show us a country that because everywhere, everywhere they reopened. What did we see when they reopened? What happened? What happened with new cases everywhere there was a lockdown and they quarantined the healthy so they so the healthy people with the healthy immune systems were not there to weaken the viral strain they quarantined the healthy and when they let the healthy back out what happened to new cases in every single one of these countries including our own what happened new cases surged everywhere right yeah. everywhere now we kept asking team lockdown hey you got the whole world at your disposal the whole world show us one country then one where lockdowns worked they didn't work in china they didn't work in Hong Kong. They didn't work, and I still refer to that as an independent state, even though it no longer is. They they didn't work anywhere. They, the European countries are now, Hillary's out there saying we're the only uh, Western democracy that can't contain the virus. Tell that to Germany, England, France. They're all seeing spikes in new cases. And, I, and, we, and, and we just ask for, it's not too much to ask. Show us one example where lockdowns meant when you reopened everything up, everybody was then safe again. By your standard, no surge in new cases. And the country we kept being given was what? New Zealand. New Zealand was the one. Now, as Matt Walsh pointed out, he ever looked at where New Zealand's at on a globe? All right. It, it's it's closer to Antarctica than just about anywhere else. Okay. Pretty. It's a lot easier to socially distance there, by the way. Don't tell anybody, but New Zealand also closed all of its borders. And no one that was not a natural born citizen was allowed back in xenophobes yeah so we get called xenophobic for doing that here right new zealand did that though okay well lo and behold i i'm reading this morning what there is panic buying happening in new zealand as a stage three lockdown is on its way now so far they have four positive cases but they're the first positive cases the country's had in 120 days, and they got them all at once. And so now the country is looking at another lockdown. So I guess we don't have any examples now. New Zealand was the one where lockdowns worked. Not so much anymore. Everything that we have discussed and debated on this show for the last six months is occurring in college football. And that's why we're going to spend a good deal of time talking about this next hour because it also brings into context 
or it, it brings into focus the larger context of the of the college business model debate in this country in the first place. Right now, you've got a group of university presidents making the case that it is not safe for them to accept the liability of about 100 football players on their campus already getting the best preventative health care in America, except for anybody that isn't on Secret Service protection, probably. All right. Already getting the some of the because where are most of the best hospitals in America found? Where are most of them often found? Universities. Universities. Yeah. So they're already they're already they already have a direct pipeline to some of the best preventative health care in the country. But we cannot accept the liability of 100 football players who play who pay for themselves and everybody else, by the way. But if you want to send your kid back to campus. We can accept the liability of thousands of students who don't get access to that kind of health care, provided they're paying us exorbitant room and board fees to be on campus as opposed to virtual. See, there, th- this college football debate is a lot bigger. I think that's why you've seen the president weigh in. That's why he called into Clay Travis's show this morning. There's a lot more happening here than just whether or not. You know, we're all three of us here are big college football fans. So, you know, we're, we're looking at it as what if happens in this conference plays and the other. We're not going to get in really any of that. That's not the place. This show is not the place for it. We're going to look at all the themes in this debate are the same things. They're dealing with new waves of panic porn. I mean, guys, it's unbelievable. It's the same conversation. So we're going to get into that next hour. But before we get to all of that, here is Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by Schrodinger's College Football. The first story in today's montage is infinitely more complicated than I'm making it sound for brevity. So there's that. Over the weekend, presidents of the member institutions of the Big Ten Athletic Conference met together to mold the cancellation of their conference's football season, ostensibly to bully the other Power Five conferences, those being the Pac-12, ACC, SEC and Big 12, to cancel their seasons as well. The NCAA estimates athletic departments generate or spend at least $18 billion per year, most of that coming from football revenue. That doesn't even count the many billions more in revenue that comes into local economies from the attraction of collegiate sports. Nixing the football season would mean nixing all of that revenue, not to mention the livelihood of collegiate athletes, many of whom are probably better off in school than at home. On Sunday and throughout the day yesterday, however, hundreds of players, coaches, and football programs from across the country spoke out with force against the Big Ten's impending decision. This morning, President Trump chimed in on the discussion with Clay Travis of Fox Sports Radio. People don't realize it's a tiny percentage of people that that get sick and uh, they're old. It just attacks old people, especially old people with bad heart, diabetes or some kind of a physical problem. You know, these football players are very young, strong people and physically, I mean, they're physically in extraordinary shape. So they're not going to have a problem. You're not going to see people, you know, could there be, could it happen? But I doubt it. You're not going to see people dying. So I, I think I think football's making a tragic mistake. The bottom line is this. Leftist presidents from the Big Ten tried to bully the rest of the country into canceling one of the most preeminent icons of American culture, college football. And right now, at least, it appears they may have failed to do so. Moving on, President Trump had another press conference yesterday. And when he wasn't being whisked away by Secret Service because of a shooting outside the White House, he made a huge announcement. This is Scott Atlas. Do you know that? Scott is a very famous man who's uh, also very uh, highly respected, Stanford. 
and he's working with us and will be working with us on the coronavirus. And he has uh, many great ideas and he thinks what we've done is really good and now we'll take it to a new level. Yes, Dr. Scott Atlas, one of the lone voices of sanity in the world, or at least in the American world of epidemiology, is joining the White House Coronavirus Task Force. Better late than never. A new report from the Associated Press indicates New York State's coronavirus death toll in nursing homes may be severely undercounted. New York already has the worst death toll from nursing home facilities in the country by far, with over 6,600 elderly perishing from the virus due to Governor Andrew Cuomo's order to send infected patients back to those same nursing homes. According to the Associated Press, that 6,600 figure may be a severe undercount after their investigation found that elderly who were taken from nursing homes and died in hospitals from the virus were not counted in that total. A new study involving 100 institutions and produced by the Royal College of Pediatrics in the UK finds that next to no spread of COVID-19 takes place in school settings. A new study from Duke University reported by the Washington Post has found that those neck gaiters you see everywhere passing for face coverings are actually worse than wearing no mask at all. Dr. Eric Westman of Duke University said that cloth masks actually serve to break up bigger viral particles into much smaller ones, which then hang around in the air longer. He says, quote, Like the common sense of just putting your hand in front of your face, we really thought that any mask would be better than nothing. So this might actually be counterproductive to wear such a mask. So it's not the case that any mask is better than nothing, end quote. Meanwhile, in Kansas, a top health official has been caught doctoring a data chart to make it appear counties adhering to that state's mask mandate are doing better at curbing the virus than those who are not masking up. According to the Washington Examiner, Kansas Department of Health and Environment Secretary Lee Norman used an access with a range of 15 to 25 to describe the number of new cases in masked counties and used a range of 4 to 14 to describe the number of new cases in county without a mask mandate, making it appear as though counties without a mask mandate had more cases. Learning the dark tongue of Mordor today, today's phrase is, assume you're being lied to. And now it's time to get woke. We'll start in Illinois with State Senator LaShawn Ford, who says he wants to abolish history class in that state's public schools. We're concerned that current school history teachings lead to white privilege and a racist society. I'm calling on the State Board of Education to end the teaching of history and the local school districts to take immediate action by removing the current history books. Also in Illinois, a riot was declared in Chicago this weekend after an anarchist thug shot at a police officer. The officer then fired back in self-defense, which kicked off an evening of peaceful rioting and looting in loving memory of George Floyd. The rioting was so bad, the drawbridges were lifted in downtown Chicago to keep people away from the violence. In Portland, Oregon, well, you already know, rioting, looting, vandalism, all that good stuff. In Seattle, Washington, that city's first black female police chief has resigned after the city council caved to Black Lives Matter and gutted the city's police department, including cutting her salary in half. In case you're wondering what the Seattle City Council looks like, we got you covered. No, they're all thinking I'm so white and nerdy. Think just too white and nerdy. Think just too white and nerdy. And finally, Grace Community Church in Los Angeles continued to meet this last Sunday despite Los Angeles Mayor Eric Garcetti's continued threats to shut off water and power to unauthorized large gatherings. Good morning, everyone. I'm so happy to welcome you to the uh, 
Grace Community Church, peaceful protest. And that's what happened while we were away. Aaron's Montage brought to you by Keeps. Yes, losing your hair is no fun. So let's talk about what options you have. You know, you could go to a doctor for a hair loss treatment prescription, then visit the pharmacy, and then you try not to go broke when you find out what it costs to avoid getting bald. Or uh, you can try Keeps from the comfort of your own home and get the same doctor-recommended FDA treatment, but Keeps offers the generic hair loss treatment versions for about half the cost. So you're going to save a ton of money. And one more thing you're going to love is the convenience. It's all online. You just answer a few questions, snap a few pics of your hair, and then a licensed doctor will review your info and recommend the right hair loss treatment for you. So, oh, and did I mention it's then just shipped right to your door at the exact same time? It's cheaper, more convenient. Could we make this offer any more enticing for you, fellas? How about half off your first order at the exact same time. So you're already saving a bundle off the top with the generic versions, but Keeps is going to throw in another 50% off your first order to get you started right now. If you go to keeps.com slash grow, that's K-E-E-P-S for keeps.com slash grow. All right, let's get into what is in Aaron's montage today. Um, I got to start with the Duke study. All that study is telling you is what all the studies on mask use told us until we politicize masks in this country in the last month and a half or so. Have you ever wondered why? I mean, 2018, we had one of the worst flu seasons we have had in recent memory. Ten years ago, during H1N1, guys, they stopped testing when we got to 60 million cases in the Obama administration. 60 million cases. As of yesterday, we were at 5.1 million cases for coronavirus total in the U.S. As of yesterday, 0.8% of Americans were a positive coronavirus test. 0.8. 0.8. We got to 60 million H1N1 cases ten years ago. Were people wearing cloth masks, bandanas, gaiters around their faces during that pandemic, Todd? Were they? No. No. Two years ago, we had one of the worst flu epidemics we've ever had. Did you go to the drugstore or the supermarket and everybody's wearing a bandana or a face cloth? I mean, when Anthony Fauci went to throw out the first pitch for the Washington Nationals, what kind of mask was he wearing? Do you guys remember? Cloth. He was wearing a cloth mask. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know why we, we, we don't wear cloth masks during H1N1 and flu season? And do you guys know why we never wore them before? Because they work really well and we're just that stupid. Yeah. Someone else was president. Bam. That's why. Yeah. You, but until that someone else became president, do you know what all the studies on these kinds of masks are? I do. All, yeah. They, they, they all... They all said what the Duke study said. They all said that. Because the masks don't work. And that's why the Philippines with 91% mask usage is back into lockdown. And Hong Kong with 81% mask usage is in a third wave. So they didn't work in Hong Kong. Unce, Tice, he times a strikeout. Buckwheat. They're over three on masks in good old Hong Kong. Um, they don't work. Guys, if they worked, I'd wear a mask 
everywhere and tell them and say, give me my country back. That is a minor inconvenience for dude. We all hate masks to some degree. All three of us hate them right on a personal level, right? Yes. To some degree, we all do. You two, I think, hate them more than me. But, I do. But I'm not like a fan by any stretch. Okay? Uh, yep. All right. I mean, to you, you, you might as well be asked to take the mark. That's the way you see it, right? Yeah, yes. You're at that level of angst. I'm not. Okay. But right now, okay, one third, if, it, if, if, if we had data that showed they work, wear a mask everywhere you go in public or one third of your nation's GDP. Make the call. Todd, go. You're just messing with me now. <laughs> because you'd wear the mask. It would be in deep protest. You might you might draw a middle finger on it. But no. if, if the data showed they worked as much as you hate them, one third of your GDP, that's what we've lost, no. or a mask. I'll go further. I, was, I say, of course I would, because we would be speaking uh, rationality instead yeah. of the dark tongue of Mordor. Yeah, yeah, because this is all just junk science, voodoo virtue signaling turned into voodoo that that's essentially what yeah. this is yeah. yeah my brother said to me yesterday i was he, he said how do you guys keep doing this every day with no roi he says it's so obvious and then he takes what he learns and he goes out and talks to people yeah they know none of it none of it yesterday of it. on local sports radio uh the guy you know he just flat out somebody tried to go on who i don't I have no idea if they listened to us but they knew they actually did know some of the stuff we talk about yeah and, and he said and brought up sweden oh this guy said, oh, no, Sweden's doing terribly. I, Isn't this guy also like a newscaster, he's like a, a 6 o'clock newscaster here in town? He's a newscaster in town. Guys, Sweden is doing so well that now even the previous people that were poo-pooing their strategy are now yeah. debating with one another within, that, within the scientific community if whether they were right and we were wrong. Okay. This is why I the only people that are poo-pooing Sweden are people that are just in on a lefty yeah. political ideology or they're uninformed. Or, and and, and that the, the, the latter could be the case. The latter could be the case because the media and Democrats have been team locked down until until they got the polling on school reopenings. Yeah. <laughs> until they saw they were on the wrong side of a 90-10 issue. Yes. All right. Until they saw they were on the wrong side of that, they were all all locked down all the time. And so they had to memory hole Sweden. This is okay? why I assume you're going to put this in the proper context but this is why scott atlas is so important well you just said you know why do you guys keep doing this with no roi i gotta tell you i've asked myself that and we have asked ourselves that question how yeah. many times right there have been plenty of days that we have come in here the last few months and said I, you know what guys i cannot imagine doing this another six months or a year so we're just gonna do it today right we're just we're just gonna come in today like when i had to lose over 100 pounds that was daunting all right could I do, could I envision my, on day one when I began that journey, could I envision that for the, however, 100 pounds? Really? And, and things like lap band and, and those sorts of things at that time were in their infancy and, and they were, it was still a risk of people dying in those surgeries and things. So I never even entertained it. Nowadays, it's, nowadays if I had to lose 100 pounds, I probably would just go ahead and do that because they're just so much safer, right? The amount of work I had to put in that first time was sucked. And there were so many days and the scale wouldn't move. And I'm like, I cannot do this another three months. And my trainer, Jake, just kept telling me, you don't have to do it another three months. You just have to do it today. Can you do it today, right? All right, I'm here. I might as well do it today. So there were plenty of days intellectually we came in here and it felt like we were beating our head against the wall. And we looked at each other. Could we do this like until November? Could we do this next year? You know what? Can we do it today? So we're just going to do it today. And then last night, 
buddy of mine sends me a text and I didn't believe it. And I'm looking all over my feed and it's not breaking news. And I'm like, I'm thinking he's trolling me. He's teasing me. Okay. So I start doing searches and stuff and I'm able to confirm it is true. And I found out the, I, I couldn't find like any media on our side that was publishing this and, and, and as confirmed until I got to Rush Limbaugh's site. All of the confirmation I found was actually the lefty media losing their collective minds. Losing their minds. Because yesterday afternoon, when Dr. Scott Atlas at Stanford University was announced as the newest member of the coronavirus task force, for the first time. Because we were one of the first shows to yes. have him on. Yeah, nationally. we were. Yeah, we were. If not the first. Uh, it, it was either us or Daniel. It was a race to see which one of us could get him on first. Okay. Uh, for the first time since the Floyd protest, when it looked like just as we were heading into the summertime, the virus was going to burn itself out like other SARS do. And then we had all these mass spreader events all over the country. And, and, and then we've seen what we've seen as a result of that. Right. And it's not all because of that. There's a lot of evidence now that there's longitudinal seasonality where this is concerned. And as you went further south, the epidemiological curve there is different than it is in the north. So it wasn't just those protests, but by, by golly, they certainly did not help. Right. And it's no coincidence that when you look now and see as you watch the sunbelt wave is, is, you know, the sunbelt wave is, is, is subsiding because the media also forgot what an Arizona or Texas was. Have you noticed that? Yes. Arizona, Texas and Florida don't exist. They're, they're, they're like they, they're like neighboring states of Sweden. Okay. None of the smoldering piles of ash ever exists. They, they, they never pan out ever. And and but but you'll note if you go and do the charts and look your and look yourself, you're going to see that the the as the sunbelt wave subsides, its hospitalization numbers are all getting back to about what period of time? Between June 1st and June 15th. That's where all their hospital when we didn't even when 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 there were when ABC News was running reports at the end of May, hey, we went and looked at the 21 states that reopened, and actually there is no surge in new cases or hospitalizations. Remember that report? Yes. Okay. They did that the very end of May, and then a week later is when the George Floyd protests began. And if you go look, you're gonna see that all of that hospital data in those sunbelt states, now that the wave is subsiding, it's back at the levels it was in early to mid June. Well, what was going on in the country in early to mid-June? These mass spreader events. And so for the first time since then, and that has been almost two months ago, yesterday I really thought like we were winning. And if Scott Atlas had been put on this coronavirus task force three months ago, I think life in this country would look a lot different right now. That's how much faith I have in this guy watching closely the work that he's done. And from just one appearance he made on this show. It's from watching all the work he's done on all these other appearances. This guy is the anti-Fauci. He knows the data and he speaks in certainty. He doesn't get beyond his skis. If he can't defend something, he won't. But if he can defend something, you better, you better come correct with your facts. Or he will make you eat your lunch. Okay? When he knows it. He will obliterate you. It'll sound professional with bedside manner, but but he will he'll disembowel yes. you with facts if you don't know yours. That's what I pray. Now I don't want him to become a political animal for anybody, but please one press conference with Agreed. him talking with and talking with the press corps yep. for as long as they want to. Agreed. Please. I totally agree. 
I think if this movie had been made three months ago, life in this country, I really believe this, it would look a lot different than it does right now. Now we can't go back and replay the last three months, unfortunately. So all we can hope for is that life three months from now looks a lot different because he is, because he was listened to, because he was deployed. I don't know if he's a Grant, but I think this guy is at least a Sherman. This guy is a, is a, is a killer from a data perspective. I don't know that he can win a civil war for you, but at least if you need somebody to go burn March to Atlanta, I do think he's got that in him. I'm at least confident in that, aren't you? Well, he, he was on record, what, more than a month ago talking about the way we were going was yes. Kafka-esque. Yes, yeah. So I'm I'm hopeful that this is, at the very least, I think it's the best coronavirus move the president has made since banning China travel. Guys, that was on January 31st. Steve, so does that mean you think they've made no good moves on the coronavirus task force? Yes, that is exactly what it means. The one day I thought they had it right, remember that day they did the, the great press conference on the reopening? Mm-hmm. And then Trump came out the next day and began blistering Brian Kemp and undermining his own narrative. Remember yes. that? And so that, that should have been the day that was the best day, but they undermined their own case. This is the best move they've made since banning China travel, which means, which means that, yes, I think the entire coronavirus task force was a miserable failure, continues to hold this country hostage, has had, if the president loses on November the 3rd, the formation and then the continued utilization of that task force will have far more to do with it than anything the media has attempted these last few years because they put the restraining bolt on themselves they took away their inability their, they, they took away their ability to push back on the media because they paralyzed themselves with this task force that's why so now we're finally also getting some real data from the cdc we're going to look at that here with fake news or not next Sadly, America's students are now caught up in the politics of coronavirus. Their education hangs in the balance. You know, if you want to support the next generation of freedom-loving Americans, if the time comes that you can do business with a company that supports the truth, supports your freedom and values, take advantage of it. Patriot Mobile is such a company. They're running a school days promotion right now until September 12th. Choose either a free phone or a free month of service when you switch to America's only conservative cell phone carrier, Patriot Mobile. That's right. Until September 12th, a free phone or a free month of service. That's your call. If you make the switch to Patriot Mobile, plus instead of charging hidden fees and funding left-wing propaganda, Patriot Mobile doesn't charge you hidden fees and will donate a portion of your bill to Students for Life at the exact same time. So get the same reliable nationwide service and support a company that shares your values, your constitution, puts people before profits. Call 972-PATRIOT right now. That's 972-PATRIOT right now and use the promo code STEVE to get either the free phone or the free month of service. Again, promo code Steve at 972-PATRIOT or visit the website, patriotmobile.com slash Steve. That's patriotmobile.com slash Steve. So I don't know what has happened with old Mr. Redfield at the CDC in the last few weeks. But just as we were looking earlier, if you look at now that the Sunbelt wave is subsiding and uh, their normalcy levels of hospitalizations and the like, and you can go back and, and see that they're returning to where they were prior to the Floyd protest of the month of June, mm-hmm. right? 
Correlation doesn't always equal causation, but that's one awful eerie coincidence, is it not? Right? It's at least got to be some factor, right? Sure. At least some factor. Similarly, we have gotten a vastly different CDC ever since the White House took not the data mining, but the data reporting, okay? Meaning that HHS... Health and Human Services is did not is not taking the 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 reporting of the data away from the CDC. They have taken the um uh, or I'm sorry the acquiring of the data from CDC. They have taken the reporting of the data from it. Because either our CDC doesn't want to doesn't want to share this information, or if we're being kind, has been shall we say extremely slow. Is that fair? Yes. That's about as fair as I can be. Either either they don't want you to see it because it's politicized, or they've been extremely slow in showing us stratified data that other countries have long been showing their people. Countries that are pro-lockdown, like Germany shows their people this. Countries that are anti-lockdown, like Sweden, have been showing their, their people this. We have not been showing our people this. Until HHS took over the dissemination of the data. And all of a sudden now, Mr. Redfield has, now now he's openly talking about, hey, suicides are worse for the, we're worried about more about that if students don't go back to school than the spread of the virus. Hmm. It's like, it's almost like, I don't know. Competition is good transparency is out is the friend of a free people right yes yeah weird so for fake news or not this week we're going to show you now this is the first time this is the official u.s statistical profile it has been the u.s statistical profile for months because a lot of this data we're about to show you, we have shown you on this show for months. But the problem is it wasn't stratified for you. So people like me or Daniel Horowitz or Jordan Schachtel and this other, you know, ragtag group of what's left of the colonial fleet after the Cylons destroyed the rest. All right. Trying to make our way to this place called Earth. We have had to piece this independently together, meaning the CDC puts this data out there whole cloth. But you, it, but it's not given any stratified meaning. So you guys have always asked me, well, Steve, what's your source on this? And I can't send you to a link because it's my own proprietary work with the CDC's actual data. For you to see it yourself would mean you'd have to recreate my work. You know what I'm trying to say? Right. Like I, I'm taking their data and then putting it in, in a form that makes sense to you. But I can't supply you a link because it's often our own work as independent researchers. In... in- involved in that if you do not believe it or you just want to verify it then you have to go through that yes. process yourself yeah. yeah and which you are entitled to and you yes. can poke holes into it and then yeah. we can make each other better right but just whole cloth denying it and denying it because there's no link but that's that's going to take you hours of work yeah i know because that's what it takes me <laughs> okay it's going to take you hours and I, I do this professionally it takes me hours of work i couldn't imagine doing this like as an amateur sleuth and not even knowing where to begin all right so for the very first time ever we can now show you the official stratified. And what's the date today? August 11th. 
August 11th, March 11th is when the world really ended in this country with the mass shutdowns and everything else. That's when Anthony Fauci went and testified before Congress that, hey, this is 10 times worse than the flu, right? That was the day. I think the next day is when the NCAA tournament canceled and everything else. So it's August 11th, and for the first time, we can show you the real official stratified mortality data. We can even give you the link to the table there at the bottom of the video because 800 of you are going to email me. Steve, what's the link? What's the link so I can share it? It's right there, the bottom of the video. You can finally now, without having to do all the independent research and piecing it all together to make sense of what it means on, on your own. That's what I've had to do for the last few months and people like me. Now, finally, the government of these United States is going to do it for us. All right. Here are the real COVID-19 facts the media doesn't want you to know. Right from our CDC. This is through August 1st. All right. All of their data. Through August the 1st, 85 and older are just 3.2% of the U.S. population, but they make up one-third of all COVID-19 deaths. 75 and older are just 7% of the U.S. population, but they make up 59% of all U.S. COVID-19 deaths. 54 and younger are 74 or 70%, I'm sorry, 70% of all U.S. citizens are 54 and younger. And yet 54 and younger are just 8% of all COVID-19 deaths. Again, this is through August the 1st. Deaths don't even register a percentage on their metric until we reach age 15 to 24. And even then it's just 0.2% which means kids college through undergrad are in no significant danger of dying of COVID. Your college student right now, if they get COVID, they're an undergrad. 99.98% percentage that they will recover if they get it. If they get it. If they get it. That's the percentage of recovery if you have a college adult, according to our CDC, through August 1st. And if they're younger than that, the odds go demonstrably higher. In fact, if you look at the table, I believe it only records, is it 45 deaths total or something like that for kids K through 12 in the entire country of COVID-19. That's why they've been outside, at home, all over the country all this year. Now, here is the key thing to keep in mind, though. Okay. Two, what are there's two things to keep in mind? Number one, the median age of COVID death right now in America is 78. That you, if people keep sending me notes, Steve, I'm trying to do the research you're doing and, and I'm looking at the excess deaths in CDC and I'm, I'm seeing it's not that much higher than it is in 2017 or, or 2016. I'm, am I, I must be reading this wrong because I'm, I'm watching the news and there's, and, and it's all this bad news. And yet when I look at the total excess deaths, which by the way, if you're researching and you're starting there, you're smart. That's the right place to begin to get a baseline. You're right to do that. That's You're smarter than the average bear. Props to you. But you're going to note that there's not a huge difference in these numbers. And so all, a lot of you have been emailing me, Steve, I don't, how do we, has, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, I'm, I know what I'm seeing on the news. I know people have, that have gotten this. I, I know people that have died, but the total excess deaths 
in this country, what did we say? What did we say about a month ago? Texas was at only 2% higher excess deaths than it was at this time last year. Do you want to know why that is? Go back, put that back on the screen, Aaron, full screen. This number right here is why. <clears throat> the median age of COVID death in America right now is right around 78. It's like 77 point something. So it's right around 78. You know why that matters? Do you know what the average lifespan is in the United States right now? What average life expectancy in the U.S. is? 78. That's why you're not seeing massive amounts of more of excess death. Because even Neil Ferguson, when he screwed the world with his crackpot model at Imperial College, that turned out to be false. Even in that model, you know what he said? That he estimated about 63% of all COVID deaths were going to be people that died within a year. Anyway, premorbidities, comorbidities, respiratory failure, cardiac failure, morbid obesity, right? Remember yep. when he said that? Guess what? That turned out to be the only thing he was right about. The median age of COVID death in America is 78. That is the actual life expectancy in America right now. That is why you're not seeing massive amounts more of total excess death. Because COVID-19 is killing people, sadly. But it is, by and large, killing people that were probably going to be killed this year anyway. And that's why the total excess deaths have not skyrocketed. I can't stress that point enough when we start talking about getting back to being some form of normal as a country. And then this next point is another one I can't stretch enough. All of this COVID-19 mortality stratified data from CDC, keep in mind how they code it. It's all coded as death with COVID, not from COVID. We don't actually officially even know. Now, we can do all the research and give you a pretty good educated estimation. But we don't officially know who has what the numbers are of people that have died from COVID itself, meaning they weren't going to die until they contracted COVID. COVID. And that is the cause of their death. They, they didn't die in a car accident and test positive. They didn't jump off a building and test positive. They didn't already have diabetes and tested positive. They already didn't have stage four cancer and tested positive. They already didn't have respiratory failure and tested positive. Meaning they were otherwise healthy. No comorbidity had presented itself until they contracted COVID and then their body failed. We don't have those numbers. It's August 11th. August 11th. And we don't have those numbers. I do know I shared something, I believe a week ago, maybe two weeks ago now, somebody who dove into the numbers. Uh, I, I don't know the method they used though, but their dive into those numbers said that they believe if we ever get the truth, the number could be half of what is being advertised now in terms of COVID deaths. And here's the thing. Here's why it's tough to do this independently. You'd have to literally go look at every single death certificate. Was an yep. autopsy done? Was a comorbidity listed, right? What was, you know, that's going to take a lot oh, of yes, work to will. do that. But you know who has the, the budget and the personnel to do all that? Do you know who could do that? Steve Dace. Can you provide a link? <laughs> <laughs> 
Aaron is so fed up with these requests. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be nice. You were just waiting to pounce to throw something yeah. snarky in there. I know you were. I can think of an entity that was has been specifically charged with a substantial amount of staff and taxpayer funding and private donations on to boot in order to acquire such data for us. Can you think of, if, if, if only we had thought of something like that, except we did. It's called the CDC. <clears throat> they have the budget, the means, the staff, the resources to tell us these numbers. Why on August 11th, we still don't know. I don't know. I do know this, though. All the potential answers to that question are bad. So, gentlemen, as you look at those numbers, your thoughts? Well, the main reason has to do with what we just, uh, with college football and this new heart thing that just between segments here, uh, you and Aaron had a mind meld on, and I'll let you talk about the details. But the <clears> fact <throat> is, the reason you don't know about it, it's this whole future unknowns voodoo yeah. that they mm-hmm. always keep in their back pocket of this thing. And again, which is why Scott Atlas is so important, which he's saying, we can have that, but none of that should trump the hundreds of years of virology and epidemiology that we know about. And if he man- manages to cast that demon out of the Trump White House, amen, amen, I say to you. By the way, gentlemen, in real time right now, New Zealand up to 19 cases. You had zero cases for 102 days. And it was four that caused them to panic, and the number is now 19. (laughs) Folks, if you can't social distance in New Zealand, if lockdowns don't work in New Zealand, tell me then where do they work? Where'd the virus come from then? Probably Sweden. Aaron, your thoughts on the data we just shared with the audience? Yeah, this is... This is stuff that we should have had. This is stuff that we should have had, as you noted, months and months ago. People like, I'll throw one name out there, Kyle Lamb, who oh, yeah. uh, during, he's, he's one of these muckrakers yeah. yep. who just goes through this data and has been doing what the CDC should have been doing for months now. It is unbelievable. It is absolutely unbelievable. For, exa- uh, for example, the work that he has to do with digging into info on death certificates. About three weeks ago, we had this massive dump of death certificate uh, or de- deaths uh, caused from COVID. And it was, uh, you know, the, the headlines are three, five, you know, f- however many hundreds or thousands of deaths uh, from I think it was Texas that were dumped in here. Here's the thing, though. Kyle actually dug into the data and found that most of those deaths occurred at least three weeks before they were dumped into the new new total. It's stuff like that, that up until recently, people like Steve and people like Kyle Lamb and Jordan Schechtel and uh, Phil Kirpin have had to do hours upon hours of yeoman's work just to be able to to get the actual number, to get some context behind the numbers that we're seeing bandied about in the panic-born media. And so finally, it's a good thing that Finally, somebody with the actual uh, wherewithal and with the actual resources is doing that for us and not just for us, for you and for the rest of the American public as well. Because for so long this year, we've been starved for context, uh, contexted data. It feels like the worm is turning here on the school debate with what happened with Cuomo and Schumer on Friday, Atlas being added to the task force, stratified data from the CDC. It feels like it, but man, 2020 has taught me. Don't allow yourself any optimism at all. (laughs) All right, hour two is next.
Back here with Hour 2, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast here on The Steve Day Show. Uh, a ton to get to this hour. 888-900-3393 is the number. Steve at stevedace.com is the email address. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Yesterday, uh, oh, by the way, at Steve Dace on Parlor, youtube.com slash Steve Dace. If you're a podcast listener, please make sure to leave us one of those five-star reviews if you haven't done so already. Uh, the more of those we get, the more it helps the show to grow. Thank you to all of you that have left us a five-star review for the program. Uh, previously, consider doing more. I don't know if those will count, but uh, we'll appreciate it nevertheless. Uh, also, hit that subscribe button uh, on the podcast platform you utilize if you haven't done that yet. Um, yesterday, I was really looking forward to the town hall we were going to have, the topic we had lined up. And I was just beginning to tease it when all the power went out. I think it, that's about when it went out. Correct. Because I get up on Saturday morning with a complaint from Twitter safety and uh, uh, Twitter support. It never went anywhere. At least I've not heard anything in the last four days. So it must have not gone anywhere. But it was some lefty blue check mark, Losing her damn mind. I mean, literally losing her damn mind. Literally. Like you in real time, like there, if, if, if her Twitter account was a GIF, you would watch her body walk away and not knowing where her mind had misplaced it. Just losing it. Indiana Jones face melt. Yes. And I'm like, what did I, I've never heard of this woman. I thought, you know, is she insignificant? No, she's got like 50 some odd thousand Twitter followers. So she has a following. Um, and I'm like, what did I do to offend thee? Which I'm probably guilty of and totally okay with, but I just would like to know what it is. <laughs> I've never heard your name in my life. What did I, how did I get on your radar? And it was a video that we produced last week where I simply took the public numbers that are published at Johns Hopkins and Worldometer, and I, I used those numbers and then just divided it by the U.S. population to get data that math any of you could do right now. And I put it in a video, and it went viral, and she claimed that this was uh, threatening information and misleading people during a pandemic. Couldn't believe Twitter safety was allowing this. And I'm like... Wow. So when Ben Shapiro says facts don't care about your feelings, the inverse is true. Feelings don't care about your facts, right? <laughs> um, and so nothing came of it, but it got me to thinking, I wonder what happens when y'all go on your Facebook pages and stuff and put and just publish facts that don't line up with the porn. And what reaction do you get from family members and friends? I was looking forward to having that conversation. We are going to have it next Monday in the town hall. Because I, I, especially in light, because what we just share with you in fake news or not, we're going to put that video out next. And it's the actual, and I'm looking forward to seeing if I get any other more complaints with Dane. This is the official stratified data of the United States government. This is from CDC. What I just shared with you, the, this is the official data of the United States, guys. I didn't do any extra work on this at all. Other than giving it to Aaron so we could put that pretty graphic together for you. This is from CDC themselves. And I, I look forward to seeing what the reaction of this bad boy is going to be. Okay? So we're going to do that next Monday. I wanted to do it this week, but uh, Mother Nature uh, in, intervened yesterday. Uh, you don't want to have happened to you what happened to poor Deborah. Deborah found out about the crime wave known as home title fraud the hard way when she got an eviction notice for her own home in the mail. 
had no idea that her equity was being liquidated without her knowledge. No idea that the process had gotten to this point until an eviction notice arrived in the mail. And how did this happen to data? I'm sorry, how did this happen to Deborah? Because your home titles, mine too, a lot of them nowadays are kept online. Because everything, all these records are kept online. It's cheaper, everything else. More accessible, and that's great, but that also means it's more accessible to uh, uh, knuckle draggers at the exact same time. They know your home's title is kept there, so they forge your name on your deed, stating you sold your home to them, refile as, as if they're the new owner. And then before you know it, your equity is theirs. Before you know it, your home belongs to them. Your homeowner's insurance will not protect you from this, by the way. One of the only ways I know of to get protection is with home title lock. The instant they detect any tampering, they will mobilize to shut it down. But first things first, you got to go to HomeTitleLock.com and register your address to see if you're already a victim at HomeTitleLock.com. While you're there, you can use the promo code Steve to get 30 free days of protection. 30 free days of protection when you use the promo code Steve at HomeTitleLock.com. Again, promo code Steve at HomeTitleLock.com. All right, let's get to Pop Culture Tuesday. And we're going to spend this hour talking about what's going on with college football. Because this has become kind of the lockdown valley of Megiddo in America. They lost the school's argument and they have lost the argument. That doesn't mean that the war is over. I've used this analogy before. You know, I think it was the Battle of Orleans when Andrew Jackson became a war hero fighting a battle in a war that had already ended, <laughs> right? That the, the, the communication methods at the time were primitive. And so by the time he got word that the British had surrendered again, though, you know, he's out there claiming a victory in a war that was already won. Andrew Jackson was kind of the guy, let's face it, even if he had gotten word, he may have right. fought it anyway. Right. I mean, if, huh. if, if, if the, if the communique had shown up like a week earlier, Andrew Jackson might've said, we're just going to pretend you got lost on the way here. <laughs> he was that kind of guy. He's like, let me, dude, we're all loaded up here, loaded for bear. They're sitting out there sitting ducks. That's a, that's a high body count just to walk away from. I mean, while we're here, we might as well go ahead and see this thing through, right? We didn't get dressed up for nothing. That's exactly right. Yeah, those the enemy ain't going to kill himself, right? Um so the battle over schools has been has been lost. It is not over, but it has been lost. They have no talking points. They're all gone. Uh, the study that came out of the UK on Sunday, ironically, that came out the same day that the Big Ten was trying to get, cancel the college football season. That timing is, <laughs> you couldn't ask for more serendipity than that. But they've lost all their talking points. And you know that it's bad because the Democratic Party is turning on them. And we talked about this on Friday, right? So the, the argument on reopening schools has been lost. It's not over. You're still going to have to go out and argue. But the argument has been lost. The argument, so that's one major linchpin. We, 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 about three weeks ago on this show, or maybe it was two weeks ago, I said the next two to three weeks are going to decide what the rest of this year looks like, right? Because the decisions that will determine how life gets back to normal in the fall are all being, are all being decided and argued and waged right this moment, right? We had that, we had that layout, yes. right? And schools has always been, that's always been the, 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 Iwo Jima here, the Normandy, uh, the beaches of Normandy. That's the one, you can win all the other ones, 
But if you lose that one, it doesn't matter. And I would argue if you lose that one, you're not winning all of the other ones. Okay. I mean, can you imagine right now trying to win the college football argument, for example, if you were trying to win the football argument, um, but it wasn't safe for nine-year-olds to go back to school, right? right. You would look, good luck. That, you, you have so much, it would require so much nuance to overcome the potency of that talking point. You're, you're, you're one-armed dude trying to push a boulder uphill. Good luck trying. I, I'm not betting on your success, though. I don't think those odds are good. So they've lost the battle on school reopening. That has been lost. It will continue. You now, those of you in your individual districts and homes and neighborhoods, you have all the data you need. You have to go out and you have to actually carry that message now to the battlefront. Okay. But the war has been won. It's not over, but it has been won. I'm, I would argue that the church battle is, is not lost, but it is being lost. Is this week two or three that John MacArthur has not been arrested yet? His church has not had the water or electricity shut down. I believe this is uh, week three. Now. Week no, that they have defied. They have called the bluff of the state of California and have. I know a, a buddy of mine is working with a group of pastors who went out to California specifically to help this Rob McCoy guy, anticipating he was going to get arrested. He did not get arrested. Now, what that tells you. That doesn't mean they won't do it in the future. But the fact that they didn't do it already indicates they're concerned about the political blowback of that. When the, the NFL recently, remember the headlines? NFL says players can't go to church. It violates the bubble of training camp. Do you remember those? We, yeah. we had that story here at The Blaze. Several of you emailed me. Hey, is that real, Steve? Is that true? Yeah, that was actually part of the ban on large gatherings was don't go to church. Okay. What you don't know, though, because notice when they walk it back, a lot of the media tends to not cover that part of the story. You ever notice that? A little bit. A little bit, yeah. The NFL has reconfigured its bubble policies for its players. And by the way, did you know that the NFL has been in training camp for th almost three weeks? More than two weeks. Did you know that? No, you don't know that. Why? because 75 players aren't testing positive. That's why you don't know. <laughs> it doesn't fit the narrative, so there's no point covering it. <laughs> okay? But uh, when the NFL reconfigured recently its training camp bubble guidelines, it took away the ban on going to church. Player, players are now welcome to attend church in person. NFL couldn't take the heat on that. These governors, California governor, isn't stepping to these pastors. I mean, John MacArthur is one of the best-known pastors in the United States of America. This isn't, what was it, nails or something they put in that drive through church in Kentucky a few oh, months yeah. ago, okay? Um, and a lot of us had never heard of that church before, or even in the evangelical or Christian community, it was just another local church, right? We only heard of it because of that story, right? Right. That's not the case with John MacArthur. In this world, he has a household name. With you know, and if you're going to be a firebrand like him, and I know a little bit about this, you'll have every and all good. He's got plenty of detractors, okay. But um, it, he's not just some local church guy in Kentucky that you can put nails in his parking lot and think you get away with it. You arrest John MacArthur, you're going to force the really the entire American evangelical church to take a stand, and they don't want that. 
They don't want, they, they want to keep this thing quiet. Because as long as it stays quiet, they can count on the gutlessness of the American church, a lot of them, to not even open up, right? Preach. Arrest John MacArthur, though. And then a lot of y'all are going to be like, hey, man, I know who that guy is. I've read his books. I have an opinion on him or don't. Why can't my, hey, where's my pastor at? Hey, that's a name I'd go to my pastor and say, hey, did you hear John MacArthur, man, was taking a stand and got arrested? Where are we at as a church? That changes the whole conversation. If, if, if John MacArthur sparks what a 29-year-old Baptist seamstress on the back, who refused to sit on the back of a bus one day did. You know, Martin Luther King said that was the moment that really ignited the entire civil rights movement was that moment when she said no. MacArthur saying no, and then we see him led away in chains, in handcuffs, is going to force all of the American church that right now, including the parts right now that want to live in a ghetto, basically, want to live in a spiritual ghetto and not have to make a choice, it's going to force everybody to make a call. And, and we'll be disappointed that plenty won't align with, with MacArthur. We'll be disappointed by that. But folks, it's going to be a lot more people than the statist want to confront will. Because we're kind of in that in-between place as a culture right now, right? There's, there's not enough of the church, not as much as we think we need, but there's a heck of a lot more than the statist would prefer there would be, right? Indeed. Put some handcuffs on John MacArthur and wheel him out of the pulpit. And you're going to force, that's, you, let me, you know, I just came up with the analogy and it's a great segue to where we're going next. Here's what arresting John MacArthur for holding church does. It does the same thing Trevor Lawrence tweeting out, the players want to play, has done to college football the last 48 hours. It's changed, the entire debate has changed since arguably the most high profile player in the sport stepped forward to say, he went all Jimmy Chitwood, man. I play coach days, right? That's essentially what Trevor Lawrence did. Right? Shimmy Shitwood shows up at the town hall meeting. Oh, I play. Everybody goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. It goes, I play coach days. Oh. Because we were kind of here to get rid of the coach. Right? So Trevor Lawrence comes out last month. Hey, I'm going to march with my black teammates for Black Lives Matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. Use your platform, kid. Speak out. Yeah, yeah. All the lefty blue check marks all line up. Talk about how great Trevor Lawrence is. Next time he comes on Twitter to use his platform. And, and we want to play football and we're not exploited. Let's play. Ah, oh, hey, kid, you don't know what you're... T- I, I know you made the decision to forsake millions. Well, he actually had to come back this past year. You know, so you don't, you don't know, kid, how to... Pl- I, I know we could let you buy cigarettes and a gun and drive a vehicle and commit manslaughter with it and go off to war and die in Afghanistan 12 times, but you couldn't possibly know, kid that it's safe to play football and and we know that hey and we hey we wanted you to set public policy in america at the age of 20 a month ago when it was blm protests we wanted you you are the guiding light but now that you want to bring football normalcy back to america particularly that in the redneck south part of the country we had red state we hate you got kid you don't know what you're talking about. you don't know the risk kid you don't know the risk right yep it's amazing how that turned all of a sudden arrest john macarthur for holding church and it has the effect of Trevor Lawrence going Jimmy Chitwood on Twitter and saying, we're playing. We want to play. Whole debate changes. You force the parts of the, you force the church to wake up at that point. You're going to radicalize a lot of pastors at that point. These Democrats don't want that. That's why they haven't arrested him yet. Because they're afraid of that. Because by the way, if you radicalize those churches, 
those people vote, right? How do you think they probably are voting in November? Probably not for the Democrat governor, I would imagine, and, or the candidate he prefers. You know what I'm it saying? It becomes less and less likely. Yeah. Yes. So you don't want to. That's why MacArthur hasn't been arrested yet. So we've had three things we mentioned on this show a few weeks ago were kind of the rollouts issues of normalcy returning in America. Schools, number one, and there's no close second. They're number one all by themselves. That argument has been won. The church was the next. That argument, I think, is winning. Is this is that fair? I think it's at a, I think it is I think it is winning, but I don't think that argument has been won. Mainly though, because most there's too many churches that are still ankle grabbing. They are assuming the position for the state. But I'll take Maca- the hit on this one. A lot of this has to do with the Catholic Church, which is that's been true too. Deeply disappointing. That, that's true too. But MacArthur is showing that the that argument is a winning argument. At the very least, it's a winning argument that the state is afraid, really, to step straight up to to the church at, at this level. And because arresting John MacArthur, it, it'd be it, it's a national story within the Christian Church in America. So that brings us to realm number three, right? So we, we've won one argument. I think we're winning the other argument. The third argument that I mentioned at the time on this show a couple of weeks ago was football season. Why? Because it's by far America's most popular sport. By far. And also football is mostly engaged in this country through which vehicle? Education. NFL is the number one most popular sport in America, and it's not even close. It's king football, all right? But are more people engaged in the totality of high school and college football than the NFL? You bet yeah, They are. And not just playing sports in terms of what those sports provide in terms of the education. That's right. At the high school level, about the only sport that makes any money anywhere in America is which one? Football, Okay. Meaning that there's casual fans in the community that come watch the local school play football. Not a lot of casual fans in the community that come watch the local school play baseball or volleyball. Right? And all the booster funds that That's then exactly go in right. and get fed back into That's exactly my daughter's right. sports. Yep, uh, that feed the cross-country program at, yes. at the high school like where your daughters are at or soccer. Yeah. Uh, now, take that model and then apply anabolic steroids to it. Um and with 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 Popeye's spinach, and that's what it looks like on the collegiate level. Yes. So, football is the most popular sport in the country. It's not even close. The NFL is the most popular sports league, but the majority of football fandom in this country is actually engaged primarily through high school and college football, which means through the education, the school system, or the education system. So in many respects, the fight over football is kind of a branch or a subset of the fight against the schools. And a lot of the same arguments are being made. What is going on right now in college football is every argument that's been had in this country for the last six months is all occurring in college football right now. Because you have, on one hand, and you have... You have detached elites 
that in that are these university presidents. And and by the way, let's say this, Aaron, this story is evolving in real time as we are on the air right now. Yep. I'm going to charge you with keeping track of it while we're having a big picture conversation, okay? Gotcha. In case there's any developments that break that we're missing while we're talking that alter the conversation, you're in charge of notifying us. Gotcha. Right? Okay. So what you have is just like we had nationally. Most university presidents, you don't know what their names are. You're learning their names right now. How many of you knew what an Anthony Fauci was six months ago? How many of you knew what a Debbie Burks was six months ago? How, Dude, I work in this industry full time. I didn't know who the head of the CDC was until March 10th. I had no reason to. Because much of what CDC does doesn't doesn't relate to what I do professionally. It's not involved in a lot of the public policy disputes and conversations that we dis- we debate on this show every day, right? Yeah. So, just like we learned on the macro, in the macro world with coronavirus, wow, we're, there's really a whole bunch of people that aren't accountable directly to us, that aren't in tune with what my life is like. You know, I got to get up at 5, 6 a.m. to get my kids off to school so that I have time to get ready for work myself while doing that. Then I got to go to work. Then I got to pick the kids up from school and hope I don't have to do overtime or work late because, and, 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 and I'm fine if, as long as practice doesn't get canceled. Oh no, it's raining. They're going to cancel practice. Who's going to, how my kid, how's my kid getting home from school? I can't, you know any of these conversations? Yeah. So do, you know, almost all of you listening and watching us right now. I had them this morning. Yeah. You, you live in this world all the time. And yet the people that were going to make the decisions about whether your jobs were essential, the people that were going to make the decisions about whether it's safe for your kid to come to, to stay in school in March or go back to school in August, they don't live that life. They are largely detached from it and have frankly lived in a, in a bureaucratic bubble known as Washington, D.C. Anthony Fauci has been on that job at NIH since the AIDS crisis in the mid-80s, guys. Aaron, how old were you during the AIDS crisis? Uh, negative uh, 5 mm. to 15. Not born. Yeah, not born. How old were you? I mean, you and I were elementary school kids remembering when we thought you could get AIDS from a toilet seat because it would happen to poor Ryan White with a blood transfusion. Right. Remember the, yes. the panicky era days yes. of, of the AIDS crisis in the mid-80s? Anthony Fauci's been at that post since then. Since then. He doesn't live in a world like you and I live in. He's like Colonel Kurtz in the cave. <laughs> Nice. What's going on in college sports right now is similar. A bunch of bureaucrats that don't live in the world that you and I live in, that live in these subsidized mansions provided by campus for their homes as university presidents, many little Mount Vernons and White Houses and naval observatories like where the vice president lives and governor mansions. Everything they do is subsidized. I mean, guys, these people are so out of touch that a month ago they went up to the U.S. Senate. They're nonprofits, these universities, presidents that run these athletic departments. As nonprofits, they went and asked the U.S. Senate if they could be nonprofits with antitrust exemptions. So can we be exempted from a lot of the taxation policies and regulations of a for-profit business while we're making billions of dollars, by the way? Billions. Okay, and then and then also, do you mind if if we don't really face any competition or labor bargaining at the same time? Could 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 we be monopolies? You guys wouldn't mind that, would you? They literally went to Congress and asked this. 
They went to the Republican Senate and asked this, by the way. They went to the Republican-controlled Senate and asked this. Even Lindsey Graham was like, man, there's some things even I can't get away with in South Carolina. They're going to shoot me if I say yes to this, okay? <laughs> I mean, are you kidding me? You guys went to a Lindsey Graham committee and asked, we would like to be nonprofits with antitrust exemptions. This, and it was the universities that were, that were making this testimony. This is the world these people live in. They live outside of the natural consequences of the real world. They aren't concerned about how am I, do we have a heat wave right now and I can't pay my electric bill or my AC went out in the middle of a heat wave. It's going to cost me two grand to get it replaced. I don't have $2,000 just laying around. What do we do? They're not worrying about any of those things. They're not. But they're taking money and lots of it from people like you who do. And just as we all have learned the medical bureaucracy in this country that we weren't even aware of six months ago. And then we found we didn't vote for any of these people. And then Anthony Fauci is determining whether I can have a business, my, my small business, I can cut hair or not. How the hell is, what's America about that? Same thing's going on in college sports. Same thing. A bunch of university presidents who aren't involved, aren't dialed in, are making all these decisions. And do you remember when we, were, when we went through the early stages of the lockdowns and we were like, this doesn't make any sense. Remember, I kept looking at you. Yeah. How, how does it make sense that I can do this, but I can't do that? Does that make any sense? And you'd often say no, and I'd often ask you, do you know why it doesn't make any sense? And your answer would be, because it doesn't make, it doesn't any make sense. sense. Right. It, it doesn't make sense why, we had to, why the New York Times was writing articles or publishing columns demanding that Iowa and South Dakota lock, and North Dakota lock down like they are, while you could jump on the blink the bleeping subway in new york city and just ride it all over the five boroughs by the way which they didn't sanitize until like may or whatever it was right remember we have those conversations yeah along the same lines does it make sense todd that these university presidents don't want to accept the liability of a hundred players on their campus that are that are under the most structure discipline monitoring and preventative health care of the entire student body. Why? Because they're frankly more valuable than the entire student body. That's why. Okay. So they're getting, they've got, they've got discipline, monitoring and health care. None of the rest of the student body has, but the university presidents don't want to accept the liability of a hundred of these guys playing football, but they're happy to accept the liability of thousands of your children arriving on campus this month without that structure, without that monitoring, without instant access to that, all that preventative testing and healthcare that the football players have, provided, of course, you're willing to pay them an exorbitant amount of money for room and board. Does that make any sense to you, Todd? Now, remember, because it was all about the optics. We couldn't have right. college football right. unless everybody was there. Now everybody's there. And in real time here, you're seeing this insanity. It's not going anywhere. Here in Division Three Iowa, we have the American Rivers Conference. It's almost all Iowa schools and one Nebraska school today they're they're going back to school so you can go to school there you but can you can't it's not today, safe to play sports they right. canceled four contact sports yeah. soccer volleyball and football two th- two-thirds of the athletes in this conference two-thirds of the students excuse me are athletes which is far vaster yep. than division one yep. how does this make sense it doesn't make any sense it doesn't make any sense okay so 
I want you to pause. We're going to hit the pause button there because you can hit a pause button on the yes. economy. Thank we were told that too. Thank you. They told us we could pause the college football season to next year. Like they told us we could pause the economy. It's all the same arguments. Okay. So we're going to put a pause there and get back to it here in a moment. But did you know that your pet's food is missing a lot of the same vitamins, nutrients, and everything that your food is? That's why you and I are buying so many supplements these days. Well, our pets need that stuff put back in their food too because it's stripped out of their food for the same reason it's stripped out of ours. Mass consumption, long shelf life so that the food stays <coughs> fresh while there's not much in there that actually freshens the eater. You want all that stuff put back in, the vitamins, nutrients, prebiotics, probiotics, omega oils. All of that stuff will go back in there with Rough Greens VitaSmart. It is not a new dog food, so if your dog has a food they love, you don't have to switch it up. It is, though, a premium dog food supplement that will make your dog's food not just healthier, but apparently taste even better because our dog, Cap, loves this stuff. All right? Now, I can't testify to how well it tastes, but if Cap were here... I'd show you. There's there's Cap's dish without Rough Greens. He waits till he's really hungry. And then there's Cap's dish with Rough Greens. It doesn't matter if he's hungry. All right, so if you want to try it right now, 14-day Jumpstart bag is just $14.95 to see if your dog, if you see the difference in your dog in two weeks or less, all right? Just go to roughgreens.com slash blaze. That's R-U-F-F for roughgreens.com slash blaze. Again, that's roughgreens.com slash blaze. Back in a moment. back here on the Steve Day Show, you know, the home security system that we use, if, if you're going to ask me, first of all, to set it up, it better be easy. Okay. I mean, if, if you need like a 40 minute podcast on Arminianism versus Calvinism, and then where Pelagius fits in there, I can, I'm your Huckleberry. I can do that for you. Okay. But if you like need me to install your home security system, nah, <laughs> I'm not your guy. And yet, Simply Safe. Name kind of says it all. It's so simple, I was even able to install it. And it didn't like take me the day. It, they said it, you can set this thing up in five to 10 minutes. And they were right. Even I was able to figure out how to set it up. And you know what else I love about Simply Safe? It works. It's so simple to use. No long term contracts that lock you in forever at the same time. We've got video monitoring 24 7. It's, in, it's far more inexpensive than you probably could guess. Big, big fans at our home. Uh, of Simply Safe. It's also the reasons I just gave you why it was named by US News and World Report the best overall home security system of 2020. So if you want to try Simply Safe right now, how about a 60 day money back guarantee? Try for two months. You have nothing to lose. If you're like, they slide again, all right, like he's been lying about the virus, should have known better, all right, all the virus stats he's been citing, making it up. I'm going to go to Twitter support. He's lying about home security systems at the same time. If that if that's you, okay, hey, make sure you make just file that complaint by day 59. You'll get all your money back. You got nothing to lose, all right? Trust me, though, you're going to like this. And they're going to throw in free shipping at the exact same time. So free shipping, a 60-day money-back guarantee. If you go to simplysafe.com slash truthbombs, simplysafe, S-I-M-P-L-I, for simplysafe.com slash truthbombs. Again, simplysafe.com slash truthbombs. So we're back to Pop Culture Tuesday, and we're looking at the debate now. We set the stage for you a few weeks ago on the show that there were going to be three realms that were going to determine what the environment in America was going to be like for the rest of the year. 
because they were the three linchpins of, of American normalcy this time of year. Returning to schools was one. That argument has been won. It is still being waged on individual fronts, but the argument itself has been won. The Democrats have already signaled nationally they're not dying on the hill of the teacher union saying, well, your kids can't go back to school until we get universal basic income um, and uh, uh, global warming uh, uh, awareness proof to vote. What were some of the other demands? Um, uh, uh, you've got to have uh, all charter schools and private schools have to be banned, right? The Democratic Party has already shown on a national level they're not dying on that hill. Because the polling is like 90-10 against them. Uh, they want to, Parents want to send their kids back to school. And a lot of those parents are women in suburbs, who's, uh, voters that really don't like Trump en, en masse, but aren't typically lefties either. And so the Democrats have been playing this game for the last three years, hoping that they could help Trump and Trump could help them make himself so toxic to those voters that they could win them over to their side in order to win the election in 2020. Tell those moms, hey, you are going to be stuck figuring out what to do with your kids again for another year. You're not winning those voters. So the teacher unions are on their own. Then we talked about the next realm was the church. And that argument is going on right now, but I think we are winning that argument by the fact that they haven't come and arrested John MacArthur yet in California. Because we discussed what the consequences and ramifications of that would be. If, if you're not sure, hey, how many white evangelicals really do plan on voting for Donald Trump? Like, if you ever wanted to know what the answer to that was, okay, um, go arrest John MacArthur and you will find out. All right. If you ever wanted to know just how many white evangelicals would vote for Donald Trump in any given election, go arrest John MacArthur and you'll find out. <laughs> That's why they haven't done it, because they don't want to know the answer to that question. Okay, so that brings us to realm number three, football. And we laid out how right now decisions about whether these guys, you know, a month ago, Kylan Hill, Kylan Hill is one of the best running backs returning in college football, plays at Mississippi State University. A month ago, he said, hey, during the June protests, he said, hey, man, I'm not playing college football this fall if the state of Mississippi finally doesn't take the damn Confederate flag off the state flag. Guys, that flag was gone in a month. In a month. An all-Republican legislature with a Republican governor got rid of the Confederate flag in a month. Suddenly, Kylan Hill says, hey, when I went back home, when they shut schools down in March, I wasn't sure I was going to be alive. I saw people getting killed. I got nothing here at home. This is my meal ticket, man. And I came back to school. I could have gone pro last year. I like college football. I came back this year. And I want to play. I'm safe here. I'm taken care of well. I'm not being exploited. I got great health care. I want to play. Suddenly, same media that loved it when Kylan Hill said, I'm not playing unless you get rid of the Confederate flag. Suddenly, we're like, who's, what's a Kylan Hill? Anybody know who that guy is? Is his name Sweden? Is his name Vegas Shooter? Anybody, what, what, does anybody know what a Kylan Hill is? He, he literally disappeared! Literally disappeared! Does any of this sound familiar? The panic porn is extraordinary. And this new one is, one study in the Journal of American Medicine came out a, a couple of weeks ago. And it studied 100 people. 
and it showed an increased risk of I think is it myocardial is that the is that the phrase uh, of a yes. of, of, but some kind of, a, of of inflammation of the heart or tissue around the heart associated with coronavirus. Now here's the thing though, okay? Um, all viral outbreaks are associated, or, well, most of them are associated with forms of heart inf- of uh, of that kind of inflammation. H1N1 was the flu is almost every viral outbreak, particularly new strains, can do that. Now, they don't write stuff like that in the Journal of American Medicine because they just assume the people reading it know stuff like that. And they're not really, in the Journal of American Medicine, particularly concerned at JAMA whether we play college football or not. They're they're dealing with a pandemic that's killed 160,000 people. They're a little bit preoccupied at JAMA over whether we can play college football. Know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But that doesn't stop all of your media blue check marks from believing they're all experts and epidemiologists. So they ran with this. And this is why we can't play football this fall, blah, 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 blah. Well, that's why the the PAC 12 is telling the media. That's why they're going to cancel their season today is this study about heart inflammation out of this one study of a hundred people in JAMA. So, this morning, Cameron, Dr. Cameron Wolf, he is the medical advisor for the ACC. That's another conference. Comes out and says, I don't know what they're talking about. I, you know, we've been following it the whole time. We think it's safe to play. So we're going to keep going. Commissioner of the SEC was on Good Morning America today saying, hey, our med- we're, we are going as, as, for, as far as our medical experts say we can go and our medical people are saying we can play. So we're still going forward. And then this morning, tell me if this hasn't happened the last six months this morning a cardiologist at mayo mayo are they a hospital of some renown hacks you know like stanford remember we used to talk about stanford being the in oxford where podunk jucos where they were questioning the lockdowns during the last spring remember that when did stanford and oxford become podunk jucos that can't be trusted right just a wannabe poser yeah schools that 99.999 percent of this planet that's even literate could not possibly get into are those two but they questioned the lockdowns from the beginning but suddenly they became just you know uh, uh backwater the 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 fight song of those universities is ding 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 right and the student orientation packets all read you have a purdy mouth that's apparently what stanford and oxford are now just podunk redneck jucos like like last chance you schools okay? this is all my brother was talking about he's like you guys have been quoting stanford for months i know well now the this a cardiologist at mayo and i i am just going to read um what he tweeted okay let me find it here in my twitter account in real time because i want to read i want to i want you all to i want to read this verbatim i don't want to exaggerate at all okay michael j ackerman md phd all right he is the clinic he is a genetic cardiologist at mayo clinic mayo clinic i don't know if he's right but does he at least have an opinion that's informed Guys, if we can't trust the Mayo Clinic, guys, that's the hospital the other hospitals send you to. Right? He probably just Googled it. The other hospital's like, dude, we don't know. Go to Mayo. That's where they the hospitals that don't know send you there. That's where you go. All right? When the other hospitals are like, 
That's above my pay grade, like Obama said. Head to Mayo. They send you there. All right. So genetic cardiologist at Mayo. All right. Quote, if medical experts for the Pac-12 and Big Ten college football conferences are using the very good JAMA cardio paper on cardiac MRI findings in COVID-19 patients as compelling evidence for cancellation, that is a big foul. The data does not support this at all. It's just spitballing, Steve. Yes. First reply back to this guy is a lefty blue check mark from Think Progress with 1,100 Twitter followers. Somehow he got a blue check mark with 1,100 Twitter followers. Anyway, okay. And he says, I didn't know. I, I didn't know the the oath to do no harm was a partisan political statement. You know what? I'm just going to quote the great prophet, Robin Williams. Denang me, denang me, somebody get a rope and hang me. What in the Sam Hill does a dude at Think Progress think get off arguing the cardio- cardiology study in the Journal of American Medicine with the damn cardiologist at Mayo? Who in the hell do you think you are, dude? Let me guess. Let me guess. Hashtag listen to the experts. Right, right, right. That's what's going on right now in college football. And it's what's been going on in the country for the last six months. And you know why I think all these forces have assembled here on this sport? Uh, It's the last chance for the panic porn to get a win. It's the last chance. It's, 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 It's losing everywhere else. Not necessarily because people are better informed. They're not. They're just like, after a while, people are like, I, I got to work, guys. I got to get a job, you know, especially since those unemployment benefits ran out on July 31st. Have you noticed how sanity has accelerated quite a bit since those unemployment benefits ran out on July 31st? Have you noticed that? Okay. But it's really just most people are like, my kids need to get back to school. Hey, dude, the coronavirus lockdown thing and all the panic, it was fun. It was kind of like, you know, um, grease lightning, meeting Sandy, uh, you know, on, you know, that, that one, that one summer or the two kids in, uh, in high school musical who just met over that Christmas break at, at, at singing karaoke. It was a fun blast. Okay. We had our fun, but, but I uh, watched Tiger King five months ago. Yes. And I, I've got to pay my rent and the kids got to go back to school. So I don't really know if it's safe or not. And I really didn't know if it was unsafe before. I just was doing what everybody else kind of told me to do. But I, I really just got to get back to life now. So, dude, you know, it was a fun fling. We had our fun. We both got our jollies off of it. And, uh, but, uh, no, this was like, a, this is spring break. This is like a spring break hookup, man. All right. And what's, what's you know, what, what happens in uh, South Padre Island stays on South Padre Island. Got to get back to normal. Got to get back to work. So I, I don't think we're necessarily winning these arguments from the premise that we would prefer. I think a lot of us just are people like, I just can't afford to be this stupid anymore. I got to get out with my life. Well, September, I think that's a lot of it. September 1st is really the real New Year's Day in America. January 1st is just a, a, a timeout. Yeah. This is where the rhythms of the season start. I mean, everything. Yes. School, you know, harvest, uh, the football. It's it. People get to like, summer was like the... The sleepy end to it, yes. and then everything kind of September right, first. Let's yeah, go get back to the grind. Yeah. Yes, so that's why this is such a big battle. It's their last chance to get to get a scalp, to truly take something away from you that you really like and really want. 
is football. And that's why that this is the last battlefront. And they may be, it may or may not be successful. I don't know. But that's, this is the battle of the bulge. You know, this is the last front from the enemy. They know the war is lost, but they're going to try to get one more scalp on the way out the door. Hey, if you want to get involved uh, as we return to some form of normalcy, uh, if you want to get back involved in the real estate market, hey, in any situation, you want to make sure you go in with an agent you can trust, but you definitely want to do it with the uncertainty surrounding this market. So where do you find an agent you can trust? It's as simple as the website that says it all. Realestateagentsitrust.com. No agent anywhere in America gets listed there unless they've been fully vetted for a, for a consistent, significant track record of success. So when you go into the real estate market, if you're buying or if you're selling or if you're doing the, the double header there, you're buying on one end and selling on the other. When you go in, make sure you're in with an agent who's all in for you. You're going to find him or her on this website, realestateagentsitrust.com. Again, that's realestateagentsitrust.com. Gentlemen, any final thoughts on the uh, conversation with college football and like we were just having? Well, yeah, based on uh, what you said, uh, Marquette poll uh, came out. You are fond of the Marquette poll, if memory serves. It's considered some... one of the, the gold standard of polls in Wisconsin, yes. Biden 49, Trump 44. What does that say to you pertaining to the conversation we just had? I think what it says is I think Trump has had the best week and a half that he has had, I mean, maybe since we knew what a corona, I've been thinking since we knew what a coronavirus was. So I, I think, I think five points is in a state that he's already won is, is make upable. Does that make sense? Is that a word? Is doable. Making that up is doable. I, I think that you're seeing Trump's stock rebound. I told you last week, now is the time to buy it. Could not go any lower. And I still, I still don't think if the election were today, I don't believe he would win. I don't. But I think we are, we are at least seeing a trajectory of how he could win. Um, what is it? 84 days from today. Is there something like that when the election is or 83? Um, so he is stabilized. The patient is stabilized is maybe what I would say. The patient is stabilizing. Is it happening because schools are... Yeah, the, absolutely. I can't consider you if I can't feel what normal I, is. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. I, he, I don't think he can run on the argument that of how bad America will be if Joe Biden is, is right. it wins That's, when the bad stuff is happening now. If, if here, you have to run, if you're, you're the incumbent, you have to run on the fact that things are pretty good right now. Okay. Or they're getting better right now. One of the two. Okay. Things aren't pretty good right now, but he can, if he needs to be able to make the case that things are getting better. Does that make sense? Yeah. All right. We're going to stick around and do some overtime for our Blaze TV subscriber. Uh, for the rest of you, uh, have a great day. We'll see you again tomorrow. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network.